so today we are interviewing Silas Height. Um, hi, Silas. Thank you so much for coming on with me today and letting me interview you. Um, we're just a little backstory about Silas and I. We went to high school together um, 20 years ago <laughs> on a working ranch in Arizona. Uh, it was a little little place called the Orem School. It was a lot of fun. Um, so I'm really excited to be chatting with you again today. Um, so do you want to start off and kind of tell everybody a little bit about you and your background and where you're from? Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, my name's Silas Height. I've been a professional film, television, commercial, and video game composer for about uh, 13 years now. Um, I'm from Arizona. Grew up in a very little town and went to the Orm School, the high school, because it was a boarding school, and the, the town I grew up in was so small. There was no high school, so Orm was great. Met a lot of great people and had amazing experiences. Um, went to U of A in Tucson and studied um, music, art, and business, and then straight out to Los Angeles and started working right away. I started as an intern at my uncle's studio. I was able to get my foot in the door. He's an established um composer himself. His name's Mark Mothersbaugh. And I learned um, quite a bit working there. And I became a worked my way up from intern to in-house composer and worked there for about seven years scoring video games and films and commercials and TV shows. And uh, it was pretty nonstop around the clock for seven years. And uh, then um, about six years ago, I became a freelance composer. And now I just I do the same thing on my own, I built my own studio and um, just scoring, scoring, scoring. Well, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, so, what? Let's talk a little bit about um, when you first discovered your talent. When you first kind of discovered, like, this is something that you want to do for the rest of your life. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I think it was in high school when I started really trying to figure out, like, what am I going to do with myself? You know, I. I feel like I'm fairly intelligent. I have a good foothold on um, life. You know, I've got a lot of drive and ambition. Where do I want to point it? And um, I just thought about what I liked to do when I didn't have any homework to do or any obligations. And it was really, I really enjoyed um, picking up instruments and fiddling around, whether I could play them or not, but just making sound, making noise. And I'd been taking drum lessons since I was 11 and, um, you know, enjoyed that a lot. And, uh, and also making art. And those were kind of the two things that I really liked to do. And um, music just seemed like it would be, albeit a hard career, career path, uh, more attainable than an artist. So um, I kind of focused on music. Okay. And I, I know that you had mentioned, we had talked a little bit the other day, about um, how you really loved music and it was something that you felt like you would do kind of for free, even if you, because you loved it so much. Can you tell me a little bit more about that or elaborate on that a little? <laughs> sure. Um, I think, you know, if you're lucky enough to find something that you just love doing, whether you get paid for or not, and then, you know, if you can somehow turn that into something you get paid for, that's quite a trick. Um, so it doesn't work for some people. Some people burn out. I know composers that don't write music for fun. You know, if they're not being paid, they just, they don't want to write music. They're like, I do that all day. I don't want to do it you know, more than I have to. But for me, I mean, I am always writing music. Fortunately, most of the time it's for clients. I'm getting paid to do it. But even when I'm not, I'm working on songs simply for pleasure because I love doing it. And so 
you know, the first couple of jobs that actually sold, meaning someone bought the music that I wrote for them and they were happy with it. It was, you know, it was like Christmas. It was like, I would have done that for free and now I'm getting a paycheck. Wow. You know, and I think that's something to strive for. Yeah, that's, that is really exciting. And I think, um, I think that your it, it seems like your passion for music has definitely, um, helped you and kind of led you to be maybe more successful than other composers because you have um, quite a few um, achievements with your music. Can you talk about um, some of the really cool things that have happened, some of your biggest achievements that you've done with your talents? Sure. Probably the most awards um, that I have would be like uh, for scoring commercials. I've won awards from from Cannes Film Festival, um, from Oh, an Emmy. Um, what else? Lots of things like that. Uh, an Apple campaign that I scored was Campaign of the Decade. And it was kind of like those commercials were everywhere for about five years in all the stores and on television. And um, But really, I think what's uh, kind of felt more felt like more of an achievement to me was um, things like uh, I was asked to co-score a film for the uh, Whitney Biennial in 2014, and the Whitney Museum is a you know pretty prestigious museum in New York. And a filmmaker that I work with a lot, his name's John Hirschend, was picked um, to be part of that and asked me if I wanted to you know, score his film. So that was like a huge honor to do something like that. Um, I also mm-hmm. scored a film about Robert Williams, who's an artist kind of legendary artist painter and that film has screened in all the major art museums in the United States and to be able to go there and hear my music playing in you know like the New York MoMA and things like that really felt like a a big achievement to me although it wasn't really an award or anything but I feel like my connection with art and music sort of was perfectly uh (laughs) came together in those times you know and it really felt like something special yeah, it definitely does seem like that would be incredible to experience that. Um, I know it's it's kind of exciting to see something that you've made and people appreciating that. Um, have you had um, a time where you had someone tell you that you know that you're a genius, and how did it feel when they told you that? And kind of tell me more about that. Sure, um, I scored a documentary about. Sir Dr. Yoshiro Nakamatsu. He's a Japanese inventor who has over 3,000 patents. He has the most in the world, and he's invented all sorts of useful things and wacky, wacky things. He's a he's a real celebrity in Japan and has been for years and years. He's in his 80s now, and uh, he's a real character. I've had the good fortune of um, visiting him in Tokyo and him showing me around the town, which was, you know, experience of a lifetime. Um, and, you know, he's certainly been called a genius, probably by every publication out there. And he was kind enough to call me a genius. And I thought that was, um, you know, I was touched by that. He said I was a musical genius. Whether that's uh, whether that's true or not, I guess only the test of time will tell. <laughs> well, ba- based on your achievements, I'd say that's definitely, definitely true. And that's definitely exciting to have someone um, as brilliant as... Um, as Dr. Nakamats, you know, tell you that because he's he's probably not one to hand out compliments uh, willy-nilly, I'm sure. Um, so can you tell me more about what your favorite part of your work is, um, the thing that you like to do the most during the day? Sure. I like when I get a new project and 
it's fresh and I sit down for the first time and I just throw my hands up on the keyboard or on a guitar or whatever I feel like the best instrument is to start with and I just kind of go and uh, when it just starts flowing and the, the music just sort of comes out I don't really overthink it it's more about guiding it to fit within the guidelines that it has to fit you know meaning uh, that it has to meet certain criteria like let's say it's a commercial it has to be upbeat happy maybe use these certain instruments hit these key moments or whatever but really it's kind of about opening up and just letting the music flow out um, that's kind of a great feeling and then also you know I get emails from people fairly often um, that you know they've heard my music on TV and done some research and had to find out who wrote it and then they tracked me down and emailed and just you know let me know how much um, the music meant to them and how they connected with it and that's a really great feeling too you know that's a really special thing to feel like you're creating work that's connecting with a human that you've never met on a very deep level I, I can only imagine that's extremely rewarding to kind of to have that especially with someone that you don't know and probably it gives you a lot of validation um, for for your work um, I know my kids were really excited when I told them that you had worked on the music from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. They were like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. You know that guy? And I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, the movie, the kids, you know, when you have kids, they watch a movie, a new movie, like 20 times in one day. So I heard your music on repeat all day one day, and it was it was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I that was a great film. I scored a couple of scenes from that. That was a group effort. My Uncle Mark, uh, Mother's Boss, scored that film and I was you know working for him at the time so I took on a couple of scenes and um the music was recorded by the uh London Philharmonica <laughs> Philharmonica the London Philharmonic <laughs> Orchestra in London at Abbey Road Studios so that was a real honor and um uh you know I've done a lot of kid shows actually and it's really cool when to tell a kid like you know you, you tell a kid hey I'm a composer and they don't really quite get it and then you say have you seen Shaggy and Scooby-Doo? Like, I wrote music for that, and they're like, what? And their mind is just <laughs> completely blown. But I've done a lot of kids' stuff, like like Shaggy and Scooby-Doo, and um, that was nominated for an Emmy, actually. And um, Disney show for little kids called Dance-A-Lot Robot, which was cute. It was about getting kids up off the couch and, like, getting them to exercise and dance around. And, uh, oh, did a little bit of Rugrat stuff at the tail end. My uncle's... Both my uncles, Bob and Mark, worked on Rugrats for years and years. And then I got to work on the spinoff show called All Grown Up. And um, I actually love cartoons and doing kids stuff. It's it's quite a bit of fun. Yeah. Oh, I, I love kids stuff, too. Um, you know, being a mom of seven, I get bombarded with kids stuff a lot. But uh, I actually uh, went to school for animation. A lot of people don't know that. Um, and I only reason why I didn't pursue the career is that I found out that to work for Disney, I had to move to California and I wanted to stay in Arizona with my family and my friends. So I was like, well, okay. But I still make little animations and cartoons here and there. Um, awesome. But, yeah, doing stuff for kids is a lot of fun because they get so excited about it. And it's just, it's really fun to see their faces. Um, so let's talk about failures. Um, because I always tell my, my people, my followers, my, my genius tribe, I tell them that failure is not a bad thing. And uh, we kind of, I want to know about if you have a biggest failure and how you came overcame it. I can't say that I've had a, I can't think of one thing that would, I would say that's my biggest failure. However, there are plenty of disappointing, um, 
road bumps along the uh, road to success. And being a freelancer, I feel like uh, possibly more so than a traditional career. There are constantly, constantly projects coming up, uh, um, you know, that I get to either demo for or someone says, hey, you'd be great for this. And they just don't work out for whatever reason. Either the competition is fierce, you know, and they perhaps they're already you know best friends with a composer or you know somebody else's music was a better fit or budgetary things or all sorts of things so there's always these amazing opportunities swirling around and uh you know not all of them work out and it can be really heartbreaking and i can see why people can get so frustrated that they quit i mean things that would like really really make you extremely famous or wealthy they just don't work out they pop up and then don't work out and you just have to, or I just have to, you know, I keep it in perspective and I try and I, I realize that if, you know, if there's five amazing things happening that could happen and two or three of them work out and that allows me to have a career writing music and just do that all day, then that's fine. Then that's good enough. I'm lucky to be doing that and just be grateful. So it's about keeping yeah. perspective. And I'm sure um, in keeping with the theme of your podcast, there's a famous quote out there. I don't remember who it is, but I want to say it's, you know, some of Edison or something where they talk about failing a thousand times and then they succeed on the next time because of all those failures, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, think I, I think that that quote is commonly attributed to Thomas Edison, but I think it's kind of contested if he actually was the first person to say that. But I, you know, it's true, you know, and if you, you never know that if you give up that next time you might try might be yeah. that one time that's just you blow up and things just go crazy and that's that's really awesome advice i love that do you have do you have any other advice um for the people listening um on how they can take their talents and turn them into something that they can learn earn a living from and something that they can also touch others with like yeah i mean i think it's finding you know what you're passionate about and really pouring yourself into it and it's okay to not be 100 percent sure or know exactly what that is but try it and you know i'm not the best composer in the world i'm, I'm not the most musical i'm not a virtuoso on any instrument um but i have some talent and i have a hell of a work ethic and you know whatever you set your mind to if you put in enough time and enough energy and just keep learning about it, researching, figuring it out, you know, you'll have some success. Life gives back when you put in the time and effort. Uh, yeah, I love that. And I think that's that's absolutely true that you get kind of get what you put in. So that's yep. it's great. Um, so what cool projects are you working on now? Anything interesting that you can share with us? Um, I'm always working on really interesting stuff that I would love to talk about. Um, but unfortunately, I do sign non-disclosure agreements pretty much for everything I work on. Um, but if you follow me on Twitter, which is Satin Cowboy, that's my handle, um, I post the latest stuff there. Um, but I can say that I wrote music for a very big video game that's just going to be coming out, I mean, any minute now. Uh, I constantly have commercials I'm working on that pop up on TV, and I always make sure to repost those um, on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. Um, those are really cool. I'm working with the Perth Symphony Orchestra um, on a concert of my music. Um, they'd like to play some of my music live with their orchestra, so that's pretty exciting. Um, that'll be hopefully sometime in 2017. We're working on the date. And um, there's always good stuff happening. I'm actually finishing up a solo record right now that I'll be putting out very soon. So, yeah. 
And, and if people want to listen to you, to your music, where should they go to find you to listen to your music? Either SilasHeight.com or uh, I have a SoundCloud account and my name on there is Satin Cowboy, all one word. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming on with me today and sharing your genius with um, all of my followers. Uh, is there anything else that you want to share that you feel that would be valuable to the listeners? I think they need to uh, stop listening, get out there and do it. <laughs> well, awesome. I, you know, I just loved talking to you today and everything that you shared. And uh, so I really appreciate it. And um, hopefully we'll get to chat again soon. And I'll, you know, it's, it's very awesome. So everyone, until uh, next time, go show the world your genius and goodbye. <laughs>